Hello, lovelies. This is Black Hollywood Live Conversations, and I have in the studio somebody with me that you are going to recognize, and I'm invoking my inner Oprah. She's on OWN. Do you guess? I knew that you would. Tune in in two seconds. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live Conversations. Hey, this is your girl, Carla Renata, a.k.a. The Curvy Critic. You can find me across all social media platforms at that handle. And I am in the studio with one of my dearest, dearest, oldest Broadway divas. She is one of the stars of The Have and The Have Nots, playing the vicious, deliciously evil Veronica on The Have and The Have Nots on Omis. Angela Robinson. Hey, my friend. Hey, my sister. How you doing? I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm happy to be here with you, too. I'm like, oh, y'all want Angela to come in? Can I do it? (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's what I said. Yes. So before we get into the season, Mm -hmm. this season, season five of the Have and Have Nots, let's just talk about how you even got there. Wow. Let's just talk about that for a second, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know. Okay. Yeah. You know what? It's an actor's story. It was an audition. Oh, for real? Yes. And but but let me tell you how it came about. I was working in um, Atlanta. I was doing Into the Woods, um, playing a dream role, the witch. The witch. And um, had dreamed of doing that role for forever. And um, Adrian Lennox couldn't do it and referred me. Oh wow! And got to nice. uh, yeah, got to Atlanta to do it and. Um, the casting director from TPS was in the audience, and I thought, oh, I want to work there. You know, I'm going to work there. And she invited me to audition for Meet the Browns. And I went in for Meet the Browns, and I was so excited and did not get it. It was one scene and didn't get it. So, I, you know, I, I, I was very depressed about it, but, you know, <laughs> um, went back to New York and um, continued with life. And a year and a half later, they called me and said, you know, we think you might be right for this part. Wow, a whole year and a half later. You must have made a really, really strong impression. Or they just were desperate. (laughs) Did she say they were desperate? Did you really just say that? To cast the, you know, to find Girl, they were not desperate. (laughs) Stop that. No, you know, I don't know. I think it was just meant to be, and I think that... um, it was just a lesson to me about how sometimes we think a rejection means something is final when mm-hmm. it, it really is just not not right now. And that's a good lesson for the mm-hmm. actors out there that may be watching. Mm-hmm. So you got to the have and the have nots. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between because you come from a theater background, mm-hmm. as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about the difference between working in the theater and working at Tyler Perry Pace. Okay. Because it's, it's well, two different things. That's two different things. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah. Well, you know, working in the theater, we have our rehearsal time. Um, you get to rehearse it. You get to work it, tweak it, work it some more. And I really am in love with the process. Like, a lot of people can't wait for the show to open. And I love that, too. But I love the process of rehearsing. And I love um, the crafting part. Um, so one of the differences is... You pretty much don't get that rehearsal time. You've got to come in ready to go. And I learned that the hard way. I, I think the first couple of scenes, I kept waiting for a do-over. And it never happened. It was like, cut. I was like, no, oh, next time we do that, I'm going to try. It was like, moving on. <laughs> we're oh. not, not going to do that again. <laughs> 
so, you know, I learned it the hard way. But I will tell you, um, I, I, I have come to really love the way that we do things because I, I believe that in many cases, your first choice is your best choice. And you can sort of re, re, redo something and rework it in your mind and get really heady about it. And so I've really enjoyed sort of let's let's just do this. And the theater sort of prepares you for that too. make mm-hmm. a bold choice mm-hmm. and, and stick with it, you mm-hmm. know. So let's just do this and see what happens. So I've enjoyed that pace and working like that, too. It's made me really prepare well so that when we start know that this might be your take and that might be it, you know, and and keep going. So, I I mean, I love both. I love both. But it was daunting, right? Oh, oh, my goodness. The Did first your face few... crack in a million pieces? Were you like, really, we're not going to do that? We're not going to do, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what was the hardest part was looking at it when it came on. Because I wasn't prepared not to do it again, that first time was terrible. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't was, as bad I was like, as you think. Okay, we're gonna do that again. I'm just warming up. This is just you know but you said but, I'm you know, just warming up. You know, up. I'm just trying to get it together. I'm just and also the first season we didn't know each other either and we didn't know the, the characters. We were just sort of finding out who we are and getting to know one another as a cast. So you know, to not get another take at it, you know, was was definitely daunting. But Tyler always said, if it needed it, I would tell you. If it was really bad, I would tell you. If we needed to go do it again, trust me, I would do it again. And so I, through the years, have really come to trust him. And I, I really do trust him. Well, you know, um, that's saying something because a lot of your scenes on the have and the have not, you have monologues, mm-hmm. pages and pages and pages of dialogue that you say. For um, the acting community that may be watching you, what advice would you give on how to learn something like that? Because as you said, there are no do-overs at TPS. You kind of just hit it and quit it that first time and Mm -hmm. and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give for somebody that has to do what you have to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Yeah, don't sleep. You don't (laughs) sleep. I don't get much sleep because it's important for me to know the lines. Like if I'm pulling for lines, then I'm not acting. I'm not really doing the work. I'm not really invested in the character because I'm going, is it that? Is it that? You know, so it's important for me to know the line. So I tend to, um, I try to hire a student or someone who's um, in school and studying acting to, I just literally pay them to come and run lines with me. Oh, that's a good idea. And after I get off work, we meet at my house and we stay as long as I need to before I go to bed. And sometimes that's very late. Sometimes it's an easy night. But we work, and I pay them by the hour, and they love, you know, doing that work because I'll say sometimes, okay, act with me. Like, don't just read the lines. Let's, you know? Right. <laughs> and and we end up in my living room just having, you shut up, Benny! You know? <laughs> <laughs> having the best time. But it's, you know, you don't want it to be the first time on set that you explore certain emotions or that you explore certain parts of your temperament. So it's good to have that rehearsal partner to do it with. It used to be my husband. My husband, we started filming at a certain, a different time of the year. Uh My husband um, teaches. So so he was no longer available. available. Mm -hmm. So I think he was kind of glad. He was (laughs) was like, I'm so glad I had to run these lines. She's getting on my last nerve. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. So yeah, we just decided to hire somebody, and they get to work on their stuff, and they're young and 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 just getting started. So it all works out. Cool. Yeah. Now, this is we're going into the fifth season of the Have and the Have Nots. Of all four seasons that have already passed, what would you say has been your favorite trajectory for Veronica thus far? Well, I would say probably the season when she burned the house down. I think that's when it was clear that there was something not quite. She was a little off. It was something a little (laughs) off about about my girl. I think that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's when I, you know, I, I was I was telling somebody today I spent so many interviews and so much time defending Veronica, you know, to to the press, to the fans. I was always like, no, no, she's just you don't understand her. She's just Girl, because now you know Veronica is wrong with two left shoes. Know, I know, but well, but here's the thing, you know, as an actor, you really can't. If you think somebody is evil and you think they're crazy, you really can't play them with as much humanity because. Trust me, people who are crazy and evil don't know it. So they're not walking around just going, I'm crazy and evil. You know, so it's, they're clueless. So I tried to keep myself clueless. Right. But then one one, one season went by and I was like, somebody was asking me, I was like, child, she crazy. I don't know. She's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. I think that really, truly brilliant actors always bring a little bit of themselves Mm -hmm. to the role. That's why people gravitate toward the characters. Mm -hmm. That's why people love to hate the characters. That's why people love the characters. Mm -hmm. You know there's got to be a little teeny tiny part of you that's part of Veronica or else you would not be able to pull it off. Don't you think? I think there's... I don't always think it works like that, but I, I do think that everybody has a little teeny tiny Veronica in them. <laughs> I think the only thing that keeps us from burning the house down <laughs> and, and having, you know, people beat up and raped in jail. And the only thing that keeps us from that is a good upbringing and prayer. <laughs> but, you know, we are all 10 minutes from being Veronica. Everybody. I, okay, I, I, I meet you halfway on that one. I agree. I agree with that. Everybody got a little something. Everybody something. got a little. Everybody crazy, got that you know? moment where they, they just mm, push them the wrong yes, way. Yes, they got that button. You know, if they don't have the voice of their mother, or their grandmother, or or whatever that of Jesus, you know, whatever that is that keeps them sane, mm-hmm. they could go the other way. So I always like to say Veronica just doesn't have those voices, <laughs> and so she doesn't have anybody to keep her straight. Now we don't see we or we haven't seen. A lot of Veronica's family, other than her husband mm. and her 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 son. Mm. What do you think? What kind of parents do you think Veronica had, and and what do you think transpired in her life to make her just snap at yeah. any given moment? Like it doesn't take a lot to send her there. Yeah. That's an amazing question, and I really can't wait till we get to meet her family and and find out. But I just think. You know, there's a there's a use and an abuse of everything. And mm. I think that she became a millionaire on her own. She uh, came out of the projects of, of Chicago and became a lawyer and founded this uh, rehab center that made her millions on her own because of some amazing qualities. It's just the use of those qualities and the abuse of those qualities. And I think that in order to do all that, to pull yourself up, and do all that, you have to, on some level, be very controlling. And you have to be very... She was an addict. She beat that on her own. Um, 
you have to say, I will control this. I will beat this. And that's an amazing quality. The flip side of it is you want to control a need to control everybody else. Mm. And that's where you get in trouble. When you're trying to control yourself in order to be better, that's one thing. But you cannot, no one can, control other human beings. And when you don't can't grasp that and this life that you dream for yourself, you work so hard for yourself, you did everything right and got it. And you're not going to let anybody take it away from you. Not your son, not your husband, anybody. That's not the perfect life I chose for you. That's why I always say I don't think Veronica's homophobic. I think she's controlling. You will not be what I didn't plan for you to be. Nope. You will be what I planned for you to be. And so because of that. It's driving her crazy because she can't control it. It's driving her back. And the truth is, both those men let her control them this in the beginning. So now true. that they're standing up to her, that's she just, she, she can't, can't take she it. She can't take that. <laughs> Do you think she was an only child? Do you think that that's why she behaves the way that she does? No, I mean, I think only children get a bad rep on, on, on that because I, you know, um, no, I think... Um, she was probably the only one that made it out. She's mm. probably the one that um, if she had siblings, they may not have done as well. And they're probably pulling on her and getting paid and all of that. Or she probably dropped them. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't I don't think she's a. I don't think I don't I don't know. I think Tyler mentioned she had siblings. So I don't think she's an only child. Oh. But um I don't know. You know this is my show. I watch it all the time. And the only reason I initially watched it is because I knew you were on it. Yay. I'm like, I got to support my girl Angela and see what's up with the have and the have nots. And then I got hooked with the rest of America. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We, we get hooked on I got it. hooked. I was like, ooh, what's going to happen next? Well, what's I got, going can on I tell the audience about you? Go ahead, girl, because she's just going to do it anyway. Can I tell the audience about you? <laughs> yes, so ma'am. So she's going to be on the show this season, y'all. <laughs> so I need you to tune in and look for Miss Carla Renata. On the, we had such a moment when we, when we saw one another at the studio, but she is going to be on the show. Yep. Yes, I'm she making... She has a very nice role, and um, yeah. Thank you, Miss Angel. See, see, that's how we do. This is how actors are supposed to to, to do. We're supposed to pull each other up, mm-hmm. bring each other up, and celebrate each other's victory. So, right. thank you for that. That's right. She left me in thank New you. York. I did not leave. Came you in New to York. California <laughs> to make it in Hollywood, and she has been amazing. But Aww. she, yeah, she left me. Thank you. I did not leave you. <laughs> We're here now. We're together now. We're yes. catching up. Yes. Um, but. I'm a huge, huge fan of the show. So that's why I'm asking all these Veronica questions. Because I am just obsessed with what makes her tick. And I'm like, I have you here, so now I can ask it. Okay, so now another question about Mm -hmm. Miss V. Yeah. What do you think it is about Hannah that really just gets under her skin? Because every time she sees Hannah, she just goes in for her every single time. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that she knows Hannah could do better. She did it. She had the same amount of means as Hannah. Why do you think she, why do you think Veronica won't go, you know, have that conversation with Hannah and go, you know what, girl, let me help, let me help a sister out. Yeah, because helping a sister out ain't her thing. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's not, she, I mean, she definitely is one of those, um, People who feel like I did it, you should be able to do it. But she and doesn't behave that way with Catherine, though. Or she didn't for a long time. No, because Catherine is where she's trying to be. Mm. Catherine is where she she strives to, to go. Catherine's rich 
is not Veronica's Rich. Mm -hmm. Veronica's Rich is real, mm -hmm. but it's new money real. Mm -hmm. Catherine's Rich is old money real. <laughs> Catherine has a driver and, and, and you know, people uh, shake when they hear the name of her family and all of that. That's where Veronica wants to be. That's why it's very important to her that Dave and, Ga and Gavin has his real name. <laughs> hey, Gavin! What's that up, Gavin? <laughs> that David doing? and Jeffrey line up and be so they can go where Catherine and you know and Jim are so that's what she strives to be I think she sees poor black people as where she came from and she can't understand why you know some some um not to get political but there there are some like black republicans who think that too you mm -hmm. know like I, you should be able you shouldn't need any assistance from the government you know, you, I did it. You should be able to do it. Mm, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people feel that way. So I think she's just, just thinking, I did all of this. So why are you cleaning houses? You had options. Mm. And look at you. Do you think there is a part of Veronica that sees a little bit of Candace in her? That oh, she yeah. see she sees that Candace might might be going on that same trajectory that she went on, and there's a little bit of her that is almost trying to stop her from going there, but not really. Oh no, not really. She's not <laughs> trying to stop. But I, I do think she definitely sees. Oh, she is me. Mm. You know, she's a, she's a younger version of me. And there is a, um, some jealousy there too. I was going to say, isn't she? A she seems to be a little jealous of the fact that Candace has a better relationship with her son than she does. Definitely that, um, but also jealous of her youth, mm. um, of her, um, you know, she's she's doing everything Veronica did, and she's younger and prettier, mm. and you know what I mean at this mm. at, at this time. And so I think she's, um, I think she's jealous of her, jealous of her relationship with her son. But I think she feels like she can control that. Um, but, you know, she might not have been as smart at Candace's age. Mm. You know, Candace got that blackmailing thing, you know, and she, she, got she that still down. needs, you know, Veronica still tries to mentor her a little bit on her slickness. Like, yeah, they've, I, I've know. seen it. They've had their moments uh -huh. where, where Veronica's been like, <laughs> not saying this verbatim, but yeah. basically going, come here, honey, let me teach you a little something, right. something. Let me show and then you. she snaps right back to being, yeah, I don't like you. Don't take that for granted. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh huh, uh huh. You know, she would. I think if 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 Candace gave Veronica her props and said, "Well, you know, I learned from you, or people like you, or I just want to go with Veronica," has to be stroked. Mm. So if you can if you can learn how to stroke her a little bit, her ego, she'll 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 come around for you. Mm. But yeah, and I think there's a part of her too that really likes Candace. I can see that. You mm -hmm. can see the moments in the scenes mm -hmm. in which she, this past season especially, mm -hmm. you can see the moments where she had um, those, those scenes where she was kind of like, okay, right. little miss. When Like when um, Candace uh, and, and they killed the guy and they put him in the backyard yes. and all that. <laughs> Veronica was almost impressed by that. Yeah. It was hilarious. You were like, Oh, oh, you did that? Okay, well let me let me see. I can help you. <laughs> that made me. I laugh. Sometimes I watch y'all and I laugh out loud because yeah. it is pure comedy. I'm yeah. not gonna badge you anymore about uh, Veronica. That's I'm okay. Not. I love Veronica. I do I too. Her. I do. I adore her. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, flip it back a little bit and talk about how you even got to New York. Because I met you in New York, but mm -hmm. how did you get? What made you 
take that trajectory to move to New York City to pursue being an actress? From where you're from, let's start yeah, there. Jacksonville, Florida. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have. Um, when I say it was tough, I mean it was just a tough decision to make. Many, many times, the hardest part about pursuing your dream is taking the step, taking one step. The rest will just happen if mm -hmm. you can just take that one step. Mm -hmm. And for me, that one step was moving to New York, and I was so comfortable in Jacksonville, Florida, and there was no one that I knew that had you know, become an actor before, you know, I, I met this, I had this one friend who had danced with Ailey. So he oh. was like my, oh, he did. He went to New York and he got did with it. Ailey. He did it. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was on Broadway and I thought that's, I want to do what he's doing. Um, but it was a difficult choice. And I had, um, Audition for the uh, the uh, dinner theater in Jacksonville. I did dinner theater too. You did too? Yes. The Alhambra, <laughs> the Alhambra Dinner Theater. <laughs> and uh, it was my job, and I got my equity card there. It was the first show that I auditioned for there. I got my equity card. And so the director of the theater, Todd Booth, shout out to Todd Booth, um, he said, you know, I'm... It's really a, a, a blessing and a curse that I'm giving you an equity card because you have no experience mm. and you're going to be equity. And now you're not going to be able to do these non-equity uh, shows that'll get you experience. Now you're going to have to compete with the big dogs, you mm -hmm. know. And I was all I was thinking about was the money better. Okay, <laughs> make me like, equity then. <laughs> do I get some health insurance? Do I get some insurance and pension? So he, um, but he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to cast you. I'm going to cast you as much as I can so you can get experience. And this was the the only professional theater in town. So, mm -hmm. you know, but he cast me in every show that season and the next season. Oh, he liked you. Oh, my God. I did roles that I'd never, you know, I was singing in the rain. I did, you know, all these uh, wonderful shows I'd fallen in love with theater watching. And then... The third season, I wasn't casting anything. And I just said, oh, did I do anything? Are you upset with me? And he said, no. He said, it's time for you to go, baby. Aww. He said, if I keep casting you, you'll stay here forever. It's time for you to go to New York. He go was on. right. And he made me, he said, I'm kicking you out. Oh. So I will, I will always love him for that. And I, I went because he was the first person to say it was okay. You know, most people didn't know how to say it was okay because they hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. They loved me, mm -hmm. but they didn't know how to tell me to go to New York and mm -hmm. do that. So, mm -hmm. But he said, go do that. Go. Okay. You can always come back. You can always go back home. That's mm -hmm. absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So what would you say was the absolute worst audition you ever had? And what was the one where you walked out and you were like, I did that. I got this gig. Wow. <laughs> I don't know that one because <laughs> I don't, I never feel that. So I, I, I never feel that. I want to feel it that, oh, I did that. I got this gig. I want to feel it. A lot of times I felt that I still didn't get it. But, um, <laughs> but the absolute worst, I'm sure there are several, but the one that's coming to mind right now, cause it's so recent, I was out here auditioning and, um, <laughs> I had, I had been, you know, I hadn't been in L.A., so I came to L.A. just to do some auditioning and mm -hmm. to meet people and all that. And so my first audition out here was for um, a pilot. It was a, a really good role, and I was excited about it. And I had prepared a lot. It was a lot of dialogue, long monologues. 
yeah. which you're used to. <laughs> so, so there's so that. So I was like, okay. So I went in, you know, I sat in my car and I prayed and, you know, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to go in for this. And I really was prepared and I'd just gotten over the flu. Mm. But I walked in, waited a minute and then went in the room. And in the middle of the second monologue, my phone went off. And broke your concentration. And you were like, what's up? What is that? And the crazy part about it is I always put my phone on silent. And I did. But I have my phone programmed to ring if it's my husband or my mother. So Mm. my mother lives with me and she has health things. And so I always have it ringing if it's my mom. And it was my mom. And so I'm because I know it's only going to ring if it's some kind. My husband knew I had an audition. So I know it's only going to ring if there's a problem. Then my mind went to what's going on? What happened? You know, so I finish and the the lady was nice enough to say, "Okay, well, that's okay. Don't worry. We got the first time. We got the first one. Let's go to the next scene. I thought, oh, yes, we're going to do it again. We're going to do a second scene. So we did the second scene. And in the middle of that monologue, I had a coughing fit. Oh, Angela. And I couldn't stop. I was just getting out of it. I was like, <laughs> I'm so, 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 so sorry. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. You know what I mean? I was so upset with my, because when it was done, and I'm like, I don't even know what to say to this lady. So I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just getting over the flu. I'm so sorry. Would you like to see, uh, would you like to try it again? She said, she said, no, we're good. <laughs> uh, and you're like, oh, really? It's yes, like that? <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what I learned from that, though? Because I had prepared so well and I'd stayed up and I worked on it so much and I memorized it and I learned it. What I learned is you can only do what you can do. That's right. And after you've done all you can and after you've done your very best, guess what? You've done all you can and you've done your very best. And then there's that. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do is your best. And that's it. So I was like, I couldn't, I was out, that was out of my control. All of it was out of my control, but it was most embarrassing. (laughs) I fought for the audition. And I can see you. I can see you now. You fought to get in that door. You're like, I'm going to be prepared within an inch of my life. It's monologues. This is what I do. This is my thing. And then you're like, (laughs) I don't know if you're watching this casting director lady. Of course she is. I'm so sorry, but thank you for letting me do it at least one more time. You are too funny to me. What was the very first gig that you booked in New York and you thought, okay, this is it. I'm on my way. The first one? The, the first? <laughs> and what was that? I thought I was on my way every time. But it was, it was called Betsy Brown. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember, remember that. Betsy Brown? Yes. Okay, so that was my first audition. Oh. I was in, um, I was in New York uh, visiting a friend and contemplating moving and looking for an apartment and just hanging out with her. And when I got there, this friend, hey, Becky Watson, um, had signed me up for a chorus call. And she said, just so you can see what it's like. You have to be able to. And I was like, I don't want to see what it's like. I just want to. And I was, and you, you know, And you fooled scared. around and booked a job. See, that's how it always happens, isn't it? Could just had time to go back home and get my stuff. <laughs> and I was in New York ever since. And you stayed. I stayed. Mm-hmm. And you know who I was at the audition with? I was at the audition with um, Kat Hollingsworth. Do you remember yeah, her? Yeah, I remember Kat Hollingsworth. And Kena Dorsey. Oh, my God. Ooh, that- blast from the past. I know. 
We having a moment, y'all. We having a moment. And I mean, that they just, we were all just new and fresh and excited together. And, you know, it was just such a great moment. That's why I love seeing them and all the stuff that they're doing. Because we came in it together, you know. It's always nice to see people come up, you know, at the same time that you, I'm sorry, let me roll that back. It's always nice to see people when you got to the city, the same crew rise up above to the cream um, and you kind of go, yay, we were dreamers together. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, um, I'm going to ask you this question because I'm almost positive it may or may not have happened to you. I was watching um, an interview with Whoopi Goldberg back in the day Mm -hmm. and she she was being interviewed by Barbara Walters for um, that Oscar special that she used to do. And it was when Whoopi was being nominated for The Color Purple and Barbara asked her this question of you're nominated for an Oscar. How excited are you? How excited are your friends? Are you, are you guys going to party? Are you going to celebrate together? And up and Whoopi Goldberg had the biggest smile on her face until Barbara Walters asked her that question. And then her face dropped. Mm. And Whoopi Goldberg said, you know, I have a lot of friends and we all came up through the trenches together. And I and we all would say, when I, when I make it, I'm going to do this. And when I make it, I'm going to do this. And we're going to go here and we're going to eat here and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Yeah. And then she made it and nobody would return her phone calls. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to hang out with her. People kind of just fell off. Have you had that situation happen with you with some people that you just you came up in the trenches with, with you? You were... They, y'all were tight. Yeah. Those were your people. And then, you know, things may have taken off for you and not necessarily for them in the same way. And they just kind of fell off because they couldn't handle it. Wow. I haven't. You're very blessed. I'm very blessed. But I mean, I can't I can't say I've made it to that level. You know, Girl, you've but... made it to a level. Come on, let's <laughs> let's not be modest, my dear. But I haven't. I've my friends and their support has has been really wonderful, and I, I just I, I get teary thinking about it because they just they buy T-shirts and have parties and finale parties and. They, they, they are, they are great. I mean, these are friends from elementary school that you Aww. know that that I that I have. That's but I great. think the one thing I have experienced that I think people should know, and and you probably have experienced this too. People stop calling because they think that you're too busy. Yes, and they they, do. they mean they they think they mean well. You know, they stop calling. I I didn't get invited to something recently. They were like, Why didn't you invite me? And they were like. Well, I thought you were out of town. I thought you, I know you're so busy. I didn't want to bother you with it. Don't do that. At <laughs> least, I mean, at least include the person if you've always included them and let them tell you, you know, that they're let busy. Let them tell you let them, busy. You know, and, and understand if they are, be understanding about it. But that I've noticed that people will kind of shy away because they think, they think you your don't life have is just time. so full. They think it's so yeah. full. And, and, and at times maybe it is, but. Your life is full, too, at times, you know, but you make room for your friends. Did you ever have a moment where you wanted to just stop and go pursue something else? Absolutely, yeah. And Um, what drug you back? Purpose. Knowing that this was what I was supposed to be doing, even for a bigger reason than than even this moment, you know. Um, Yeah, I, I, I did stop. I, I um after Into the Woods. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I had taken a job at my church as an arts minister there. 
Wow. And I was working. I was just yeah. about to ask you, how important has your spirituality been in this journey for you? Because um, as you and I both know, as, as working actors and, and hyphenates in the industry, mm-hmm. because you do some other things, and I'd like to talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is that spirituality for you to keep you moving in the right direction and keeping you grounded in this business? It's everything. It's everything. It's the reason why I started doing it. And it's ultimately why I do it. Um, I think, you know, you have to be purpose to do what you do. And when I say purpose, I don't, I don't mean that to sound some kind of deep, like, oh, this is my purpose to be an actor. But it is my purpose to live in this world and to go in the places that this world takes me, to touch the lives that this world would lead me to. And... I don't know what all that means. You know, it's not as simple all the time when I say touch the lives that, oh, when I touch you, you get, no, no. I just mean that, you know, someone says someone can just say a word Mm -hmm. that can change you, that can motivate you, that can turn you around. And you are supposed to meet that person. Did someone say something to you in the midst of that moment that that was like an aha moment for you, as Oprah would say? Um, Not in that moment when I wasn't working. Work just came, and then I, <laughs> and then that was that, that. and that pulled Thank me you. out of retirement. He's like a check came, and that was the end of that <laughs> moment. Came. You know, my season changed. You know, how you we are in seasons, mm-hmm. and you have peaks and valleys, and so my season changed. And the season that I wasn't working. Um, God opened the door for me to do something else and to work in the church. And I found that to be very fulfilling, too. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that time. As a matter of fact, I tried to do them both. I was doing halves and working at the church for two years. I would leave um, on the weekends of filming and go work on the Easter play. And oh, then, <laughs> then run back I love that. And then go back and forth. And so I, I tried to. Kitties. Oh, my God. I tried to hold on to both for a long time. And then I realized, you know, great things can be great. But you can't do them all. You can't even how, no matter how noble, working at the church is a noble thing. But if that's not where I want you at this moment, mm-hmm. then take the church somewhere else mm-hmm. and go, you know, do what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. But um, but I tell you, I read that the main thing was this book I read very early on called In Pursuit of Purpose. And it's by Miles Monroe. Okay. Um, rest in peace. Um, that changed my life. Because it okay. really let me know that the, the thing that we are supposed to do in life, you know, we all have a purpose to do it. And we have to do it. There is no choice. You, you can't go, well, I kind of feel like that. I kind of feel like If you purpose to do it, you have to do it. And it's bigger than you. You know, that's a really good point to make. Because mm-hmm. there are so many artists out there that do want to give up, that do have that moment where they're not working that do have the friends that don't call them because they think they're busy and then you end up being really lonely because all your friends have fallen off for that reason. Having a purpose and knowing what that purpose is and embracing it, that is a beautiful piece of advice. Mm -hmm. So glad you shared that. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned just a little while ago about you having hyphenates. So there's (laughs) another hyphenate that you have and it's it's a company that you share with your husband, yes? Yes. Can you tell us about that? Uh, it's called the White Robin Group. Nothing fancy. <laughs> His last name is Whitehurst. Mine's Robinson. White Robin. It's not fancy. It's not a, you know, because it's an African name for it. No, it's not. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, but uh, 
But the White Robin group, we found it, and my husband is the head of acting at the New School of Drama, and he's an acting coach and a coaching, uh, um, acting teacher as well. And so he, we always had sort of the coaching component. He was always coaching people. And we decided to start doing workshops, and we started doing those all over the country, and they were great. But what we realized was the thing that I told you about about me, that mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody that had done it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any resources. All I had was a dream. That's all I had. Um, I realized I, did, I didn't want anybody else to go through that. Like, the dream, I wanted to be coupled with how to do it. And I don't know anything about writing a play. And I don't know anything about uh, getting your painting up in a certain gallery. But I know people who do. And so what I wanted to do was just have a place that if someone can write me and say, I just, this is what I want to do. This is my dream. Mm -hmm. That I could say, oh, Carla, she does a talk show. I wonder if she would give this person, (laughs) you know, an hour of her time over coffee or a 15-minute phone call just to say, hey, this is what you should do. And that person can have some kind of guidance or some kind of encouragement. And so really we wanted the company to be uh, coupled with the education aspect. We wanted it to also have an inspirational aspect so that people can always be encouraged to follow their dream. And no matter how silly it sounds, because the reason why it sounds silly is because a lot of people hadn't done it. Mm. The reason why a lot of people hadn't done it is because you're supposed to be the one to do it. So, you know, you just sometimes need that person to write you an email. I don't do much talking on the phone and meeting in person, but you need that person to write you an email. This is good. Follow through with it. You know, listen to your heart. Let God lead you. Um, If I know somebody that does that, I would be happy to put them in touch with you. And where is the website where they can send you an email and get in touch with you? Because that's a great organization. And and I I didn't want you to leave here today without sharing that because I think it does so much good. You guys are doing a great job of that. Thank you so much. It's thewhiterobingroup.com. Thewhiterobingroup.com. You can find us there. The White Robin Group also has a Facebook page. You can like us there. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about even other things we're going to do. We're actually giving a rent party next month. Nice. And remember the old school yeah, rent parties? Yeah, old-fashioned rent old parties when you didn't have no money. <laughs> and, you know, I did, we talked to so many artists who were struggling. We were and like, people would come in and dance and eat and drink, mm-hmm. and you can pay your rent. You can pay your rent. They pay to get in. <laughs> pay and to we get pool in the and money. You, yes, and you pool that money, you pay that rent. That's okay, right. Here you go. That's right. Rent party next week. At, I mean, next month, Alvin Ailey, <laughs> February 19th. Um, yeah, and we're going to pull the money and give it to some deserving artists. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes, bringing back the old school. Yes. yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I would be remiss in invoking my inner Oprah by not asking you, Uh-oh. what did you feel like? Because, you know, come on now. Oprah's an icon, no matter how you oh, twist goodness. it. Oprah is an icon. Yes. What was it like for you the very first time that you met her and when you met Mr. Perry? Because those two people... They are iconic in the African-American community, in the in- community, in the entertainment community. They're just iconic. They are both people that we all look up to for one reason or another. So I just wanted to know what that felt like for you the very first time you encountered them. First of all, to be able to sit here with you and say, I met both of them. I work for both of them. Isn't that fabulous? I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I pinch myself still thinking, how did I get to work for Oprah twice? 
you know, with the color purple. Yes, I know. And and now on this show, um, I I I'm just I I'm in awe of the whole thing. I'm in awe of God. I'm like, yay, God. You know, I'm grateful. But I'm trying to. But when you first met them, were you? Like I, I, I shared what I shared off camera, what I felt like the first time I saw Mr. Perry and I was a little gobsmacked. I quite didn't know how to, ha- I was a little gobsmacked. I quite didn't know how to handle that situation. And, and and literally it culminated with him looking down going, and what might your name be? And I was like, Koala. And he was like, hi, Koala. And walked away. And I'm like, oh my goodness, really? Is that going to be the story I'm going to tell from this moment out? Yeah. I was so embarrassed. So yes. I was like, I wonder if Angela has a, had a moment like that or something similar. Well, you know what? I still am it. so in awe when I'm around them. Even even Tyler, who, you know, directs every show. I see him at the at the studio all the time. He is accessible. He is wonderful. I'm still like, hey, Mr. Perry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that is hysterical. You know, I mean, I you know, I just I just am and I'm Southern. So because I'm Southern, there's that great respect yes. for, I mean, he, um, he's not my elder, but in the, the industry, in the industry is, you yeah. know, so still he walks in the room. I'm like, hi, boss. <laughs> How you doing? You know, um, but the first time I met him um, at the audition, I didn't meet him. It, the, the room was dark and we auditioned and he was uh, the voice of God. out. Oh, no. Yeah, just saying, OK, stand to the right and I'll read this again. And I didn't see him at all. So that's probably a good thing. Yes, it was a good thing for my nerves. Yes, that's what I mean. But yeah. I couldn't figure out. I thought I surely I didn't book it. He didn't come down to at least, you know, say hello. But then we found out he was filming a Medea movie and had on his Medea. <laughs> Terrible. I know. So can you imagine if he had come out of the dark? Girl, can you imagine trying to be Veronica and he's out of the dark and Medea? Yeah. Like, how are you going to be I, the vicious vixen with Medea standing in I front would, of you? I would have been laughing. And see, he knew that. That's why he yeah, did that's what he why did. He, yeah. Oh, that is but pure I'm comedy. Sick, even, but then after that, when I met him for the first time, I was very much, you know, in awe of of being like you. Like he's here. Like he's right here. And we're going to do it with him right now. Yeah, you know? I was... I was yeah, I don't even I don't even have words for 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 when for when I met him and 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 I worked with him. I was literally I was like, oh, it's over. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, and then there's yeah, that. Yeah. But what I will say is that it it was the fastest, most stressful situation <laughs> I'd ever been in. But he treats everybody like gold. Yeah. And you know there are many, and I'm gonna look in the camera and say this: there are many people out there that may have um, some things to say about. Um, Mr. Tyler Perry, but I'm here to tell you right now that if you're saying something negative, you have not worked for him and you have not met him because he's lovely. So there's that. There's my disclaimer on Tyler Perry. I am so glad you said that. Because I mean, it's the I truth. get it you know so it's the truth. much. I, yeah, and you know, in in our in our community, um, in the arts community, sometimes we can be a little, you know, snarky. snarky, you know, and it's like, but you don't know him and you don't know this great thing that he's built. Um, from the ground up yeah that employs so many people what yeah so i you know yeah and the the thing about it i don't know if you thought about this that you thought this when you were there but the thing that makes amazes me about him Hmm. is you're running this huge studio 
you're a mogul, you're doing plays, you're writing other things, you're doing films, you're doing all that. But when we're doing that scene... He is right there in that moment. Yes, he is. He's not on yes, the phone, he is. No, meeting he's with not. people in the corner. No, he's not. Try- he is 100% right there. He is right there in that moment doing his thing yeah, with, you. with you. I appreciated that. Because mm-hmm. re- you're right. You're absolutely right. He's doing 100 things at the same time. It takes a certain type of mind mm-hmm. to do that. I know because I'm one of them. <laughs> I, do a, I do 100 things at one time. Yeah. And it ter- takes a certain type of person to be able to do that and pull it off successfully. And yeah. he's one of them. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. He's t- You totally have his undivided attention when he's working on set and yeah. I, I appreciate it as Me an actor I, I really appreciated that yeah um now let's flip back around to my my show the having to have nots yes what can you share about Veronica for season five because the last time we saw her she had that accident we don't know if she's alive we don't know if she's dead can you give us a little teeny tiny hint about what's going on with Miss V I'm just praying she gets out of that truck. Girl, Melissa, help me. You got jokes. I can't with you. Help me. No, I'm just praying she gets out of that truck. And if she gets out of that truck, you know, ideally in a wonderful world, she will change. She will see the light. An angel will come and help her help escort her to Jesus and she (laughs) will be, you know, singing hymns with Hannah. (laughs) Ideally. Okay. So that ain't gonna happen. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so what, what, what if she comes out of this situation and she doesn't know that she's Veronica? What if she comes out of the situation? She doesn't know she's Veronica. She doesn't know she's vicious. She doesn't know she's a vixen. She doesn't know she has this gay son. She doesn't know what her life was previously. How do you think Veronica would handle that? It wouldn't be Veronica. I know. But what personality would she glob onto, do you think? Do you think she'd try to be a little bit like Hannah? Do you think she would glob onto a little bit of Catherine? Do you think she'd even try to, like, emulate a little bit of Candace? Like, who do you think she might kind of... I don't think it would be Hannah. Even though, you know, Hannah's the the, the great noble character, I think, of the show. And yes. She, but I think um, to a lot of rich educated black people, they look down on the Hannahs of the world. Yes, they do. And I think Veronica's no exception. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> so I don't I don't think she would be um like Hannah, although Hannah is the hero, I think, of our show. Um mm-hmm. but um I think she'd probably you know the, the I think Benny, Benny's strong. He has great strength. But he's humble and good. I think Benny. Okay. I think more like Benny. I think she probably would want to be with Benny and like Benny. <laughs> well, she, well, we've had that happen already. <laughs> yes. So it might yes. happen in a different kind of context. Yeah. We don't know if Benny would embrace that or not, but we're going to see. No. <laughs> so what, what, how would you... We, the season just started last week, right? Yes, yes. So um, Tuesday nights on OWN, 9 p.m. There's a plug. Um, so what do you think P 
people will have to look forward to for this season five. I mean, it's five seasons, and the characters have evolved and grown mm-hmm. and been shaped so beautifully over this period of time. Yeah. What can the fans of the show look forward to in season five? I think the beautiful thing about season five is that you see some of the characters that you've come to love, you see them evolve. And and I think that's a soap lover's dream, to see their characters grow and and evolve. And, um, you know, Tyler has a way of sort of uh, making you wait, you know, for those things. But I think in the the next few seasons, you'll get to see that. The next few seasons or the next few episodes? Not only the next few episodes. Okay. <laughs> but truly, not the next I'm few seasons. I'm just trying to clear it up yes, for, the, for the fans. Yes, I'm just trying to clear it up. Yes, up. the next few episodes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And what can we look forward to next from you, Miss Angela Robinson? Wow. Um, yeah. If I make it out the truck. If Veronica makes it out of the truck, mm-hmm. then I'm going to definitely continue to enjoy this ride of the haves and the have-nots. Um, but I look forward to doing other acting projects. I look forward to taking White Robin to the next level. I do a lot of public speaking, motivational speaking. So I look forward to doing a lot more of that, a lot more mentoring, just to keep to keep on track, you know, to keep doing what I feel I'm, I'm supposed to be doing what I was put here to do, enjoy my purpose, my purpose, like Princeton in Avenue Q. Exactly. (laughs) Miss Avenue Q herself. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. But yeah, just keep, keep, keep doing that and just keep being an advocate for the arts. And I think at this, in this climate, uh, when the arts aren't as appreciated as they should be, Mm. um, I just want to keep being an advocate for the arts. And to to just close it out, um, we haven't been political the whole show, but, you know, we are sisters in an industry that is um, being challenged right now for a variety of different reasons. Mm -hmm. What does the hashtag MeToo mean for you? Many things. Uh, MeToo, for sure, that I, I too, have a story. Um, But also MeToo means that we are linked, that we are together. And whether you have a story or not, you're going to stand with your sister and you're going to let her tell her story and you're going to support her through her story. And that's what this whole Time's Up is about. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm not um, trying to say what I need to say to make you feel good. I'm going to tell my truth. And we're all going to stand together and support one another through that. So it's an amazing time, I think. And I think that's a good note to end on. I love you, my sister. I love Thank you. you. Thank she you. was in Avenue Q. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she just blowing me up. She just blowing me up. It was so wonderful to have you here, Miss Angela Robinson, from the Have and the Have Nots on OWN Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Check your local listings for when it may come on in a city near you. Where can we find you across all social media? Ah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. At and I chat, chat a lot, snap a lot. Um, you can uh, at Angela Rob's child. Daddy's name was Rob, so Angela Rob's child. And on Facebook, Angela Robinson. 
Thank you so much. Thank we you, are sister. looking so forward to what's happening in season five of the Have and Have Nots. I Yay. cannot wait. Thank and of you. course, I am your host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. Until the next time, love, peace, and hair grease, y'all. Bye. Woo! Hair grease! From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.